this podcast, I'm going to talk about the change of HLM over time. In the last several decades, HLM has changed its focus again and again. Most recently, for making the organizational lean and efficient through business process re-engineering, to seeking to add value to the organization through strategy HLM. So, how was HLM born in the first place? And what factor have changed its styles? I found there are roughly three styles of HLM, such as personal management, human resource management, strategic human resource management. And I divided this podcast into five parts. First, I'm going to introduce personal management, which is the origin of current HLM. Second, I'm going to explain about human resource management. Third, I'm going to present strategic human resource management, which was developed from human resource management. Fourth, I'm going to explain the current trend of HLM. Fifth, I'm going to consider the future of HLM. First, I'm going to introduce personal management. According to Bonville, Greenwood, and Sheehan, 2011, HLM, as we know it today, developed from personal management and was meant to encompass a broad range of employee concerns and employment policies. Inside from the human relations and human resource schools, they have found their way into HLM as a means of trying to make organizations employee relations, thus avoiding some of the organization-centric employment practice and perspective on employees engages by scientific management and administrative theory. Personal management has been a recognized function in the USA since NCR opened a personal office in the 1890s. American personal managers work within brutalist traditions identifying counseling with the objective of their organizations. Second, I'm going to explain about human resource management. Peter F. Drucker, 1954, coined the term human resource and in his book called The Practice of Management, he defined workers as human resources and argued that compared to all other resources, human resources is a specific property and it must be managed properly. On the other hand, Beck, 1958, have a different perspective toward human resources. He considered that the role of general job and management is utilizing resources such as money, materials, market, ideas, nature and people effectively to achieve organizational goals and he argued that poor management of any one of these resources reduced the whole performance of the organizations. Thus, he advocated that attention to the human resource is required not because managers are humanitarian but because they are managers. Keller and Albert, 1995, Propose the following four points as the basic of HLM approach. First, employees bring long-term profit 
to the organization in the form of increased productivity, effectively managed and developed. Second, policies, plans, and implementation must be designed to meet both the financial and spiritual needs of employees. Third, the working environment must be designed to encourage employees to develop and unutilize maximum skills. Fourth, planning and implementation of human resources must balance the need of both the organizations and employees and integrate goals. HLM first gained prominence in 1981 with its introduction on the president's MBA course at Harvard Business School. The Harvard MBA provided a blueprint for many other courses throughout North America and the rest of the world, making it interpretation of HLM particularly influential. At the organizational level, some scholars noted that intensification of expectation that HLM practice will directly have a positive effect on organization performance at a social level. It has been changed in the way that wages and working conditions are determined. Key HLM risks such as selection are carried out and workers are represented and protected. Many of these social level change have come about as a result of legal and legislative change, and others have. Third, I'm going to present strategic human resource management, which was developed from human resource management. In the 1980s, the new perspective of HLN has emerged which was inspired by the concept advocated by B. Wannerfeld in 1984 for strategic human resource management. Commonly accepted definition of strategic human resource management describes it as a function that evolves systematically linking human resource management philosophy and practice to the strategic and social need of the organization. According to von Braun, Pitchy, and Dibana, 1984, strategic human resource management seeks to form and maintain consistency with management strategy, including issue of organizational culture and organizational commitment, as well as selection, evaluation, compensation, and cap capacity building, so labor relation is even more enhanced and easy to control. This strategic HLM initiative as a, a response to intensive international competitive pressures to increase return on all tangible and intangible resources and the re realization that people actually provide a potentially imitatable source of competitive advantage. explain the current trend of HLM. A significant trend in HLM's history and practice has been far making the function more supportive of organizational strategies, transforming human resource management into strategic human resource management. However, Bambir, Group 
Greenwood and Chiha, 2011, proposed a lack of concern for employee welfare is particularly problematic for HLN for two reasons. First, there has long been an expectation that HLN professionals and the HR function and their predecessors, personnel managers, and personnel advocate for employees. Indeed, historically, HLN included an employee welfare role, such an expectation, while perhaps diminished through organizational practice and employee cynicism. Nevertheless, carries over to the present. Second, the expectation that HLM can and should play a positive role with regard to analyzing and responding to stakeholder expectations about employment relations. HLM professionals should be the expert about employment role, of course, but they should also be the expert about employment ethics. In addition, the increasing desire of HLM professionals to be strategic partners rather than mere members of the personnel department. While HLM has been provided greater influence by the role of business partnership, HLM is just part of general manager group. As a result, HLM less focused on employees, more focused on organizations and strategies, and this type of HLM is often damaging to employees. This is the last part of the podcast. In this part, I'm going to consider the future of HLM. It can be considered that change in HLM salaries and practices have generally been driven by changes in the broader social, legal, and political climate in addition to organizational demand for efficiency. Therefore, firms are required to transform the style of HLM to adapt to the changing of the demand. As a result of the world has become more globalized, workforce diversity has become increased. Wilbert et al. 1999 argued that increased diversity implies a new organizational paradigm, which requires systematic and planned change effort. According to Curtis and Drafting, 2008, incorporate diversity in HLM can be considered as one of the main challenges that HLM must address. Diversity management requires complete consolidation of HLM, as Robert and Park 2007 suggested. Two ways of to solve this issue has been introduced, such as affirmative action and diversity management approach. However, both ways of solution have critics. Thus, the argument that diversity Management program can help the organization to create a sustainable competitive advantage still remains in question. Not only diversity, but there are also other changes which firms are required to adapt. Therefore, it is crucial for firms to change the style of HLM depending on the times. Thank you for listening. 215506